Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. And we're back, back in the building with three musketeers this week. It's Shots Fired with Kyle Spodley. Hey. And G. What's good? It's us that's all good because we're one years old. We haven't got a Chisanga oh. this, this week. We are one though. We're going to celebrate without him and we're going to post him his cake. Shots Fired is one years old. So happy birthday to us. Wow, one year already? Yeah. Hey. Time flies Let's... when you're having fun. Absolutely. Time flies when you're shooting a gun. Oh, jeez. Oh, Sorry, I, 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 that's the best <laughs> I could do. You had Sorry. Me shook. <laughs> I tried to like, you know, work in like a shots fired, like gun shots. No, oh, no. I was like, guns? Okay. What? I what? thought we were talking, making an America joke. I, I was like, okay, <laughs> what we're doing. That's hilarious. Oh, that's what I thought. Anyway. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> No. Anyway, moving swiftly on, we've got quite a lot on the docket as usual. I'm coming to you from Morgan Square Gardens, as you can see. <laughs> okay, as soon as all my jokes are actually falling flat, I'm just going to crack on with the order of business today, and that is what's on the docket. First up, Kairos, what are you bringing to the table? Yes. So just a few months ago, I don't know if anyone caught this with a video resurfaced, not resurfaced, surfaced of Maria Agapova. She seemed a little bit un. Mm, she seems like she was going through a tough time and like come like a few weeks later, we find out that she was kicked out of ATT. She was she had the police called on her. People were saying that she was threatening to stab training partners, that she was um, stalking the uh, gym manager's pregnant wife. And just all, all of this stuff just piled on her. And you could tell that she was going through a very, very difficult time. And she's always had like a very difficult story. Like she was a part of like this satanic cult and then broke free as a youth. She came from Kazakhstan to America by herself, like uprooted her life, chasing her dreams. So she just, she has strife after strife after strife. And as a thinking person, I'm like, okay, because of all these events that are happening to her, maybe she should take some time off, you know, take a break from mixed bar starts. no. A week later, she's offered a fight against her former training partner, Marina Morose. And Marina Morose just goes on uh, just a devastation tour of her, calling her an MMA junkie. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. She called her a UFC junkie and in an interview with MMA fighting. that It wasn't with MMA junkie, my fault. But it just, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, if we have a person who's going through serious mental health issues. And then her manager was like, she wasn't kicked out of the gym because of threatening violence and all these other things. She had like these panic attacks and she's dealing with a few other things. I'm like, but that doesn't make it any better. Why doesn't she take a break, not schedule a fight a few weeks after? So my question is for Mike first, should she continue with this fight? Does she have it all together? And was Marina Morose wrong for putting that information out there like that? Personally, we all know why 
there is this rush back to the cage. Let's just not sugarcoat it. It's yeah. money. She's been out the cage for a while. So she wants to get basically her bills paid. So she's rushing. And I think that it kind of underlines the point that we make week in, week out. These athletes, these athletes are a hostage to fortune. Essentially, they are being forced into fights because that is how they make ends meet. Now, whether it was right to put her business out there, you could say on the one hand, yes, because nothing seems to be off limits these days when it comes to uh, needling fighters, when it comes to trash talking, when it comes to actually trying to get under your opponent's skin. But I personally find it a little bit distasteful considering how close that these people are to what is the crux of the matter? And that is underpinning all of this is ill mental health. So no, she shouldn't have put her business out there. No, she shouldn't be rushing back, but understand exactly why. Mm -hmm. What about you, Gina? Oh, you're muted. I'm trying to keep y'all from hearing my neighbor's fucking dog. It's been barking all day. Um, so here we go. <laughs> I'm ready to go next door and just fucking, you know what I mean? Okay, so... She should not come back to fighting, of course. Um, but I'm not sure what's going on with her. I even heard addiction and, and things like that or, or mental health issues with her. But I just wish there were um, one that the fighters get paid more money because I do agree with Mike that they rush back even when it's not a good time for them health wise or during a pandemic and whatnot. They come back because they need money. So if they were paid properly, they could take care of themselves better. And secondly, um, if they're not going to get paid properly to do that, what what does the commission do? What does athletic commissions do? What does um, MMA doctors like? Can she be evaluated and and whatnot? Are things mm. like that should be play in place, or if they are taken a bit more serious with her because of the allegations that we keep hearing, and also yeah. too, um, it sounds like she has a lot of trauma, and that also plays into like mental, you know, mental health and whatnot. And then on top of it, she's taking a lot of shots in the head because she's a fighter. So like I said, I wish more things were in place with the athletic commission in the UFC to kind of take care of them and to monitor them before they make a bad decision and come back too soon. You didn't hear that fucking dog in the background, did you? I, no, I heard it. <laughs> I didn't hear Mike's lying. Mike's lying. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I got for you. Okay. Kairos, okay. what are your thoughts? I mean, this happened last June, July-ish, something like that. And she's been out for a whole calendar year. So I, I'm coming from the position of, I'm of wishful thinking. Like I, I follow a lot of different people on social media and I haven't, who am I though? I'm not some like doctor. I haven't seen anything alarming. And it seems like she's not like having more toxic behavior. Like, you know, what, with what happened with BJ Penn was like every fucking week, it was some shit yeah. with BJ, like every week. Yes. Mm -hmm. But with her, it seemed like it was like, all right, a one-off thing. You didn't have it going on with ATT. Maybe there's just bitter blood and there's misinformation coming from you, your departure. And now that you're at MMA masters, it seems like it's okay for her, you know, but I could be wrong, but me personally, I'm different with y'all. I think, I think it's been a year. It's about time. But that's just me. Well, the fact is, what are we going to do about this ill mental health? We talk about it week in, week out. Does this not like bolster the case for the UFC providing some sort of like mental health, mentorship, mental health 
advocacy, mental health due diligence, basically look after your fighters who are clearly struggling with mental ill health. I have heard nothing with regard to mental well-being in the UFC from any of the top brass or anybody in the UFC. And I think it's high time that, you know, more volume was given to cases like this because I don't think that this will be the first and it certainly won't be the last. Mike, when they had those fighter gatherings, did they uh, talk about stuff like this at those things? The conferences or whatever? Again, because I wasn't actually privy to them. I'm only going by what people Uh fed back to me. And it was more about things like etiquette. It was things like press, PR, how to handle media. But I could be totally um, wrong and unsighted because, like I say, I I wasn't there. Yeah, I have no clue what they talked about either. So that's why I... Okay. G, you're up. You're still muted. You're muted. (laughs) Oh, my. I'm not used to muting the mic. I'm going to just leave it on. Okay, so... I'm riding off the UFC 265 wave and shout out to Phil, the MMA dude for this topic. And y'all know Phil is dramatic. So here we go. (laughs) Gee, I want to, I want to know what everyone thinks about the rise of surreal gun. One week ago, he was barely discussed, but now I'm seeing 70% of MMA Twitter picking him to beat Francis Ngannou. Am I crazy? Or does Ngannou sleep this kid inside two rounds? I think there's recency bias going on myself. Fellas, you heard the question from Phil. Is, uh, is Gan the, the real deal? Does he beat Francis? Or are we just kind of losing it due to recency bias? And I'm going to start with Michael Morgan. I'm worried. I'm worried for Cyril Gan because even though he's got a kickboxing background, even though he's not a fresh face to combat. I'm worried about his chin, his chin being stuck out there, his chin basically leading the dance. And I can't believe that, you know, Francis Ngani, who has sparred with him numerous times, has never touched that chin, has never ever acknowledged the fact that this man leaves himself wide open for an uppercut. So, my heart says I would like Cyril Gan to win because according to reports, um, Francis Ngannou is high on himself. High on life, obviously being the champ, but also high on himself. And it would be amazing if we had Fernand Lopez here because he would actually fill in the blanks. But essentially, I like the pureness of heart of Cyril Gan, but I'm not so sold on the... Uh, high on himself, Francis Ngannou. So I want, I want Siwagan to win, but I'm struggling with the fact that he leaves himself open for a devastating blow, which we all know that Francis Ngannou is capable of. May I interrupt, Mike? When you say high on himself, can you mm. just, you know, I feel like we need to cluck on that saying right there. What do you exactly do you mean by that? Like he's arrogant, confident. What's okay. the word? From all reports, and that is what Fernand Lopez, his coach, has said previously, he's not very acknowledging of the fact that it takes two people to lead you to championship status. You and your coach are an integral part of that. Whenever he's given the opportunity, again, these are Fernand Lopez's words, he doesn't actually 
put the full volume on the fact that he's got an incredible coach, put the full volume on that, you know, he has a team behind him. It's all about Francis. And he doesn't actually give credit and basically loudness to acknowledging, you know, what actually got him to the dance. But as well as that, um, again, this is from Fernand's own mouth that Francis is uh, a little bit arrogant. He's very, very high on himself and um, doesn't seem to want to listen to instruction after the fact. And you know what's so funny, Mike, is that Dana White also said he was arrogant. But when Dana said it, I was like, oh, shut up, liar. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. but now that I'm hearing, you know, it being said again, I'm starting to think, is there some truth to that? You know, I don't mm. believe nothing Dana say until, you know, <laughs> until it's proven. Exactly. But I wonder now if there's some truth to that, because, um, you know, Fernand can uh, corroborate what Dana said. But Kairos, what, uh, what do you think? I think y'all are gassing this man up a little too quickly. A little too quickly. His his fight over Derek Lewis is very impressive, and I did pick Derek Lewis to beat him. I'm not going to lie and act like I didn't. But it seemed like Derek Lewis had no answer for mobility, and he didn't offer any offense anyway. Which I, Francis doesn't fight like that. I just I just don't know how we can look at that fight and that matchup and the way that it played out and say, yeah. Same thing's going to happen to Francis because I just don't see it like that. I don't see it as, like that at all. I think it's going to be a, a lot more challenging. And if I had to bet my – if the laser beam is pointed at Earth and I got to pick the right winner, I'm picking Francis. There ain't no way in hell I am picking Surreal Gain to beat hey, Francis right just now. pause, guys. Fernand. Fernand Lopez. <laughs> How are you, sir? I sent you the Zoom link so you can join us live on the show. How are you fixed right now? Yes, today, sir. We. (laughs) No, today, sir. I sent you the link. Yeah, you you should have the link in your WhatsApp. Yes, the link has been sent to you, sir. So you can click on that and just join us. We're just talking about you. So it's very timely. Right on time. Fantastic. Okay. We'll speak to you in about two minutes then, Fernand. Thank you. Merci. Beaucoup. Beaucoup. <laughs> there you go, Mike. Okay, Fernand Lopez will be joining us momentarily. Can um, I, Mike, yo. Let, me jump, let me jump in real quick before he calls. Because okay. Kairos, Kairos got the nerve to say, oh, Francis this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, you know, we're jumping the gun on picking Surreal. I am one of those p- people. I'm picking Surreal Gan to beat oh. Francis Ngannou. I'm saying it here, and I'm saying it, saying it loud and proud. Wow. I think I think the heavyweight division is going to be on notice. Nobody mm. fights like this dude. I know it's kind of early, but I'm telling you, when Francis gets in there, he's going to be just as befuddled as everybody else. I don't care that they used to spar together. Nobody seems to have the answer for this guy. And I think the same fucking thing is going to happen because everyone keeps talking about they sparred together. Maybe God is also like, yes, we have. And I got something for it. And I'm even better now than I was before. And that's what I think is going on. On top of now, I'm hearing Francis is kind of arrogant. He's beefing with the UFC. Gone is like over here in a room champ. Everything's lovely. I am picking him to pick Francis. And also a puncher's chance isn't always a sure bet to win. In fact, statistically, it's lower. 
than someone that has more tools than the puncher's chance. Okay. You remember that shit. Okay. Just, just before, you know, he does actually come here because I don't want it to be any beef, but can you not see that his tactical way of actually picking apart opponents, waiting, being patient and calm is what seems to be a winning ticket to victory here. He's used this over and over again. I went back and I watched this, his fights mm-hmm. and he does seem to employ the same tactic. That is tailor-made to defeat someone like Francis Ngannou. I agree. Okay. Tyros, jump in here. You're picking Francis. I, I was waiting for y'all to finish because that's what polite co-hosts do. They allow everyone... Oh, <laughs> I'm not backing down even with him in the chat. I'm not backing down from the stance. If it's 3v1, I'm not backing down. I, I want y'all to know that right now. I'm not going to back down with this. I don't want you to. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be joined by Fernand Lopez momentarily. Um, I take it you're still in France, Fernand? Yeah, I'm in France right now, yes. Amazing. It's a, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the show. Joining me, uh, my co-host... Kyra Spodley and G from Woe TV. Hi. Oh, hi. Bonsoir. Bonsoir, madame. Comment allez-vous? I'm well. I understand you a little bit, but I'm doing well. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. That, that's enough. It's a start, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really good. You know something, Fernand, I I think it's only right, it's only proper to give you your flowers. I don't hear this enough. You have, in multiple organizations, actually nurtured champions, whether it be Bellator, whether it be Cage Warriors, whether it be the UFC. You don't get enough volume on that very fact. Now, I just want to like take you back ever so slightly when, you know, a young Cyril Gunn came into your gym. Did you see in him what you saw in all the, of the other champions that you have nurtured? I'm intrigued. Um, no, not, not at the first sight. Like when I saw him the first time, I was kind of um, skeptical. Like, because um, uh, he, he told me that he was heavyweight. But because of his, his face, his baby face that he has, <laughs> it looks like he was a light heavyweight. I mean, likely he looks to me like he was lighter. And, um, and also, um, because of his kindness, when he was training, I didn't see the, the, the something aggressive on it. I didn't see, I mean, like, even your kind, this part needs, require a little bit aggressivity, like a little bit. And uh, he was too kind with his partner, like his, his teammate. He was like, okay, if, if, if I touch you, if I, I, I touch you with a jab, oh, are you okay? Sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, this is combat sport, right? And uh, you need to push a little bit. So I, I didn't really saw that in the first side but uh, when i start to teach him specific stuff that was thing a little bit complicated because of his background and uh, the the kind of route that i was giving him coming from another background 
Um, I was amazed how fast he was learning, and I was amazed how fast his body was able to to just be athletic and do whatever you give him as task. Physically, he can do everything. So um, I knew that, um, uh, how to say, biomechanics speaking, is uh, a good, and also what stands the most on Cyril is the fire IQ, the, 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 the way it's processed. I mean, like, I consider the MMA as a, a multiple problem that you have to solve. And the way you solve problem is always the good choice. I mean, you have so many choices to do with a, a, a very small amount of time. But the way you solve problem uh always amazing like whoa how, how can you do 10 choices in one minute and all the 10 choices are just perfect so i knew that there's something there at that point wow wow because it, it's funny we were speaking just before you came on and um basically we were looking at what you couldn't actually script if you tried, and that is Francis Ngannou will now meet Cyril Gan. It will be champion versus champion. And we were talking about this potential or what is actually coming down the pipe right now. For you, I know obviously of the, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Beef that you had, or maybe still have with Francis Ngannou. But is this for you, um, redemption because this is Cyril Gan who has respect for you. This is Cyril Gan who um, actually personifies what MMA uh, or the MMA factory is all about, about respect and it's about paying your dues. And it's a way, I suppose, of, um, I suppose, settling the beef between you and Francis. Do you see that potentially on the cards? Well, um, most of the time when people get to the, a, a fight in a cage, most of the time when they finish the fight, they set up the beef, right, if they had a beef. So the, the good thing is that no matter what happened, at some point, thing will be mostly likely over. Um, I'm over it now. Like, I didn't have per se, beef with Francis, what I had was a disappointment, very huge disappointment. I mean, like, we have nothing to do anymore because before having the beef, he was already gone. He asked me one day and said to me, Coach, I dream about USC. I want to live in USA. I mean, live in America, have the America dream. That's my best achievement that I want to do. I, I really want to live there and, and and do the sport there and be close to the PI Institute, UFC Institute, be close to the office UFC so I can enhance my, 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 my performance, enhance my, my, how to do, my brand, my name. And uh, I was totally okay with that. Even I, I, I don't think that's necessary. I really think that you can be in Nigeria and find a way to be champ world champion in Nigeria. You can be in Cameroon. You can be in 
Ivory Coast and find a way to become a champion. Uh, I don't believe people should move around like going from Sweden and go in America because you want to go beyond a champion. I think Conor McGregor was in uh, 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 still in in in, uh, in his hometown and married to become one of the best fighters we've ever had. I really think that Sirigan proved that you can get to the high level, get to the belt, and still be uh, in France. I mean, if you think the same guy that beat Francis Gano, Sirigan just beat him training in the same place, MMA Factory, in less than in, in two years, while Francis missed the fight against him in three years. It's all about the mindset. Are you good? where you are, and I don't blame him. If you don't feel good where you are, then you should move, definitely. But if you feel good, people, they bring you the narration that everything is done perfectly in USA. Everything is done perfectly in this place. No, I mean, no. There's, there's people around there. There's people, there's smart people around that can bring new things, new stuff. Even, to be honest with you, Sometimes when everyone is doing the same thing very good, you might be successful because you are doing something less good but different than them and make the difference. So, um, yeah, I don't have, I didn't have any beef with Francis. I was just disappointed that whatever you do in your life, if you're dealing with me and you're speaking out there how proud you are from your roots, how proud you have to be an African guy, how proud you are Waganda. And when it comes that you have to give a shuttle to some of your guys, yeah. you just dock them and go to the other side where is the opposite of Waganda. This is what I'm talking about, that I was disappointed. <laughs> okay. Okay, so just before I pass you on to my co-host, um, I'm going to pass you on to G in just a sec. I'm going to play you a piece of audio that um, an old friend of yours, Francis Ngani, said over this past weekend. The main event is about to begin. It's going to be a great fight, uh, regardless. And um, I think we're going to enjoy. We're going to enjoy the fight. But for real, I'm the king, bro. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. I just fighting for the contenders uh, rank, number two contender rank actually, because TP is the number one contender. So, did you hear what he just said? Stipe is the number one contender. Now, this is against basically the grain of, or in, against the background of somebody who has just won the interim title. How does that make you feel? Well, um, I don't, I don't really feel, I don't really take that badly. What I, what I, what I, what is confirmed to me is the same thing that I just had time and again and again is that my brother Francis, I'm not sure he quite understand how this works. I'm, I'm, I mean, like, I think one of the 
problem that Francis had that we had at the time when I was his agent with my colleague Thiago was that his way of negotiation is very rude, very broader. Like, if I got the power, then you're, you're, you're screwed. I will just work on you. And um, you don't get that the negotiation is something that you have to make sure that your partner in front of you gets satisfied a little bit and you get satisfied a little bit. If you tend to just come and take over, then um, you don't really get um, the good part of it. I mean, like, this is how Dana White keeps saying that this kid have a ego pro, a, the ego problem. This yeah. is all about the ego. Because, first of all, you was about to fight for the title, indisputable title against Derrick Lewis, who beat you before. You was about to fight for the indisputable title. You said you are not available. So, to call someone else, why don't you at that point say to Dana White, I'm not fighting against Derek Lewis for the industry title. Give me Sipemioti. No, you agree for the fight in June. <laughs> and then you 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 agree for the fight in August. And then you ask the fight to get postponed in September with the same guy, Derek Lewis, that you now name the contender number two. <laughs> While you was you agree verbally saying that I agree with you, I won't fight, I will fight with you. Why didn't you say to Stipe, you are the man, let's fight? So it's all these things that are kind of confusing a little bit, and um, yeah. I'm and I'm not sure that whenever you have this kind of beef, this kind of fight that you have with uh, the his boss and everything, it's, it's not I'm not sure that um this is the way you, you want to handle this. And um, and uh, it's not him to decide who will be fighting against him. <laughs> they will just give him the contract and he will he will just sign. If he can sign, he will just stay out and they will call someone else like they just did. Mm. And if he keep doing that, he will keep, keep misunderstanding what is this company. People that are talking about UFC as UFC was a foundation, a non-profit that is for everyone. Man, it's UFC company. They are private company. They can do whatever they fucking want to do. They made the, the, the motherfucker, uh, the, the, the baddest motherfucker belt. They can do whatever. If they want to make the shit belt, they make the shit belt. What, what are you going to do? They do whatever they want to do. And this is not the... Even in Olympics... You go to Olympics, sometimes they will say to you, okay, Taekwondo is in Olympics. Now Taekwondo is at Olympics. Now they add this. The, they can do whatever the fuck they want. And you keep saying, crying, like, well, uh, I'm the number this, number this. No, 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 no. A champ just fight. Stop saying number this, number this. Just Let's just go there, fight. If you, like, like Dana White said, if you are ready, let's do this. If you are not, go on vacation. Keep doing your whatever you're doing at a store. And when, whenever you're free, whenever you feel like you want to do this, let's do this. So so if you don't want, just keep being the champ. No problem. You're the champ. I'm, I'm the first to say that Francis is the only one in the spirit. 
I'm the, I mean, no need to add that because when they interview Derek Lewis, when they give the interview to Sirigan, Sirigan said, I'm not legit. I'm not the champ yet. I need to face Francis before become. Why you, you why are you adding this in your statement and, and bringing out Sipe? Why, after the press conference, after you're fired, they make you the proposition with Sipe and you said, I beat him so badly that I don't need to have any any uh, uh, revenge right away. So, yeah, this I'm, I'm bringing that up just because there's a lot of things that you, you don't really get on this and um and um yeah i'm kind of surprised i'm i'm i'm, I'm if when the first i will be proud because no matter what happened at this point mm. no matter what happened when i when uh when i die or when my kid asked me or whoever asked me Fernando lopez what did you do what did you did for your community at some point? What did you did? I can tell that I pulled this kid from the street and brought him to my place. He spent five years in my gym without paying any wow. membership. He got stuff for me, clothes. He went in my house, get food if he wanted. I got serial guns did the same thing. I got a bunch of them that you don't know. The very same thing that Sirius Francis had, showed ahead of get in my gym. I had two guys, one from Cameroon, one from the, the, uh, Senegal. They are now playing professional rugby in Paris. And I'm happy to have give them a platform where they can express themselves. I'm happy to have take them at gym, give them some clothes, give them some food, and give them the opportunity to, to become something. That's how I'm, I'm just proud to, no matter how you, I mean, what I'm saying is that having your brother try to shadow ban you in the, in, in the industry yeah. is never good. Like, it's not something that I didn't talk to him. Like, I was like, can you just explain me what's wrong? Because I saw your interview, you were speaking about this, how you get this, how you did this, how you get to the UFC, and you didn't mention anything on my on my company, nothing. Is, is that something wrong? It's like, I'm sorry, free boy, I just forget. I didn't know, I just forget. Oh, please, next time, please, come on. I mean, this is the only way that I'm living. I mean, like, because you, you give a, a little bit the credit to my company. I mean, but when you have someone shadow ban you while there's people that they are not Waganda at all, they they give you the credit. Yeah. Well, means a lot. And uh, um, that's it. And uh, I, I really hope him to do good. And, uh, and um, at this point, we are there. We, I mean, the the the, the fight will happen at some point. Can't wait. Can't wait. Gee, you're up. Yes. So, Fernand, you know, us Americans, you know, we're a mess. We have no culture. We don't know how to say nothing. So, I want you to set the record straight with his name. How do you say his name? Surreal Gan, Surreal Gain, Gagne, 
Tell us now so we can set the record straight. Cyril Gan. Cyril Gan. You hear that, Mike? From here yeah. on out, that's yeah. that's how we do Cyril it. Cyril Gan. Cyril Gan. Yes. Okay. Excellent. 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 So I have a question more about your gym and, and your training. Like, do you train any women in your gym and do you have any prospects coming out of France or in, in your gym as far as women? Yes, uh, we have. Um, our population is like 10% women at the gym. Right now that I'm talking to you, I'm in my car and I'm seeing ac across the road, my gym open with a woman walking on that. Uh, the, the, the one that I'm seeing names Iris. Iris, she's uh, two times uh, Muay Thai champion in France, and she's about to 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 cross over with the MMA. And uh, she's very young, prospect, 22 years old. And um, I also have this girl, 32 years old, recently work. She was Olympics two times in judo. And she's uh -huh. fighting in my gym. And um, she fought for the belt in EFCA in South Africa. Very talented girl from Ma Morocco. And she spent 10 years in the uh, French national team as a judo card. So, uh, yeah, I have a bunch of them. I have uh, um, this one. She's Sarah Kadu. Sarah Kadu is seven-time French French champion in Muay Thai, and she's two times world champion in Muay Thai. I have a bunch of uh, women in my gym, yeah, they're very talented. Uh, they will be, I think we'll be talking about them in the UFC in, in about two years, three years, yes. Oh, two to three years, good. Then I'm going to look out for all these names that you mentioned. Now, Fernand, it's also my job, too, to ask, like, controversial questions. Yeah. And I have one for you. It's not too crazy, but I, I've never interviewed a coach before, and I've always wanted their take on this. So I'm noticing a trend in MMA, right? And that trend is coaches dating their pupils. For example, Joanne Calderwood dates her head coach, Caitlin Shikagian is married to hers. What are, mm -hmm. your thoughts, what are your thoughts on a coach dating the pupil in MMA? Does it work for you or does it, not that it works for you, not like that, but what is your opinion on that? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> um, my opinion is that um, with dead people, you dead people where you see people. I mean, if your job is a journalist, you mostly with dead people around the company, jo the journalist company, because this is that's why you see people. Because you need to get seduced at some point, and you need to seduce <laughs> someone. So if you don't get in contact with them, how will you fall in love? Or how, I mean, there's something that must happen. There's magic. And that magic is like, okay, if you have a neighbor, mostly you don't get neighbor because you don't want them to really know your life. I mean, you're like, okay, let me be a little bit cautious when I'm going in my neighborhood. But when you get to the job, every time you go to the job, you can... Choose the, 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 the clothes that you want to wear. So you're kind of sexy. You are kind of you look good whenever you go to your job. So right. five is, is, is an MMA. Is, is a, a MMA fighter has a job, the gym. This is their office. And whenever people start to work together, there's feelings around. I never had to train someone deeply and bring him to perform if I'm not falling in love. I fell in love mm. with Francis Ngannou. I fell in love with Cyril Gann. I fell in love with Taylor Lapilus. I fell in love with every one of them. And I had oh. 
and I had girl that I did fell in love in the gym, fell in love as a coach. And that happened to me once to fell in love as a, as a human being, like very, you know, so is um, this is life. Life is, uh, I but think the, the Fernand, you, did, every, it, did it, did it affect the work though? Like, yeah, does that personal I mean, relationship I mean, mess up the training or that personal relationship can be very bad or very good. Like when it's starting, when the relation is in the beginning, the relation can the, the relation can enhance the performance very strongly, oh. very quickly because you guys are very close. But because there's not any relationship, men and women without fight. When the fight, when the when the shit hits the fence, then you get a problem. Uh, because I get it. You're, you're too emotional. There's a lot of things going evolving, so you are not straight on your mind, and uh, that's the thing. But uh, again, you cannot stop that. Whenever you have people working together, spending time together, you will have love around at some point. Oh, I think that's very sweet. And um, thank you for allowing me to ask that. I've always wanted to know a coach's perspective on that. But let's jump back to um, Surreal Gan. Do you think John Jones ever fights at heavyweight? And do you anticipate a super fight with him and Gan one day? Are you looking towards that or is it too far ahead? 100%. 100%. Like, you know this fact that... Um, will happen with Cyril and Francis. Mm -hmm. If if you ask Cyril Gan, are you ready? He will say to you, I was ready since day one because since day one, my coach told me that at some point you will fight Francis. Since day one. I mean, he shows up in the gym and they start training and um, and uh, I, 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 just knew that he's going to the UFC and as soon as he gets to the UFC they will face each other. There's no other way to do. John Jones um, need to need in order to become the coach that he, he is already but with a, with a with a some a little bit some some detail not good on his lifestyle if he become the code and bearing all the heavyweight, that will be a redemption for him, and he, he will be definitely the king of the of the all of all the time. So, uh, seeing how Sirigal is developing, I'm pretty sure they're going to collide at some point. There's, uh, they cannot avoid that. I mean, yes. no matter if. John Jones go up in the heavyweight or he stay in the light heavyweight, Silgan will join him at some point. Silgan can make light heavyweight. Silgan can move down to fight him. I mean, no matter what happened, I think they're going to fight at some point. If, if I think Silgan has something that he, be, he can become an icon. He can become someone like Mohamed Dali. And if you want to do that, you see the name that I just dropped, that's that's so heavy. I have so much respect for Muhammad Dali. That saying that I know I, I really mean it. That behind the sport, Syrian have that mentality, that that way to behave, that that 
he had that charisma that I, I can't explain you. He has something. He's 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 aspiring for all the sport around the world, no matter the sport that you're talking about. So if if he wants to achieve that at some point, he will have to beat people like uh John Jones. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. And you just got me real excited about that. So Kairos, you got some stuff lined up for Fernand? Yeah, I just got one question. You saw Francis and you saw Surreal from day one. God damn it. I, I mean, how many are you guys? There's at least five of us. <laughs> There's too many of us. You gotta get used to it. <laughs> but he's only let's got one question. <laughs> okay, let's go. No, 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 no. You gotta I, talk I, to I the handsome one. No, no, no. Uh, listen. Uh, seriously, I do not mind. You can you can take your time, no problem. Let's go. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you so much. You saw both of those gentlemen from day one, and you're looking at them right now. In your mind, who has experienced the most growth from day one till now? Um, I think so far, uh, Francis has grown the most because the time that he spent training. Um, more than the time that series spent training, even though see, you have the quality training, quality training. Like, Cyril is someone that uh, he will never say no to the type of training that you bring him, but will be smart enough to question the, the training and talk with you so he can understand what you're asking him exactly. So, um, yeah, but I believe that Francis has the most evolving in the training uh, so far. Um, um, is still a, a baby in, in that sense that uh, is, is still very new on the, on the game, not green, not green, but new on the game that is, 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 is still have to, I mean, the amount that they can still improve and learn are very much in the Syrian side because you still have to improve a lot. And the amount of improvement by the Francis is not that much because it did improve already a lot. Okay. And you said Cyril is the type of guy to not refuse training. Are you trying to say that there are things that you tried to offer Francis to do when he did not do them? Is that what you're saying right now? Or are you just saying in general? Because we got to know. I'm curious now. <laughs> no, uh, that, that, that's something public. I, I, I was, I thought already about this. I, I have already, the, I, I spoke already about this, that Francis was very good to listen, very listening everything before some point. When we arrived to the, after the fight of over him, it wasn't the same anymore. That's that's how we get a beef because the when Dana White said that Francis had a lot of problem with his colleagues and himself and that Francis have an ego, I said they asked me the journalist asked me what do you think about this statement? I was like, listen, I'm not a liar. If there's two things, or I don't answer. I just shut my mouth, or if I open my mouth, I will say the truth. And I said, yeah, definitely. Francis have an ego because before the fight of Overeem, 
I was giving Francis the exercise that I, I call the food wall with the mark on the ground. Before each session of training, my heavyweight, I want them to dance on their feet, moving around, bouncing around at least 30 minutes. So that become an habit and their legs become used to that so they can apply that 24 hours if it's needed. That's how they get out of danger of wrestling. And going ahead to the fight against Tipe, I was begging Francis to do that. And he was, didn't say to me, no, I don't want, I'm, 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 I'm tired. I just want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I was like, I was calling other colleagues. We sit down and I said, Francis, I just need you to explain me and, and people around. I mean, we have, we have, we have, let's talk. How can I help you? Because no matter how good you get in wrestling, you will never be better wrestler than Stipe Mioti. The only way to avoid the wrestling is if you, if, is if you can manage the distance and decide where the fight takes place because you are moving around. And he was like, I don't feel to do that. I'm, I, 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 I think you, you're bringing a lot of strategy, a lot of, uh, he, made, he was making phone to me and saying that, uh, when we come to the gym with you, uh, we need pen and paper to write like we was in the school. This is just a sport, man. Uh, we need to go there with basic instinct and beat people. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, it's not, I'm not saying that the coach should be 100% right. There's something that I will show to the gym with uh, Nasuddin Imavov, with uh, Taylor Lapiris, with Siri guy. And, and they will say to me, coach, today do you mind if we do this? Because um, I think I feel natural for me to, to, to punch with this punch with the left instead of the right. Oh, really? Wow, that's very interesting. Let's do that. Let's try to do that and see if it's working. So I'm open mind to do that. But whenever you start to become your own conditioning coach, your own trainer, your own, and you make the choice, which is the easy choice so you can be comfortable, this is how you get in trouble. So, yeah, uh, um, I think, uh, yeah, it's fair to say that, yes. Okay. And one last thing. Do you think it's possible for a fighter to be successful with an ego? Yes. One. Okay. I don't think that... Um, I don't think that you can be a champ without ego. And to be honest with you, I don't think that I can be a good coach without ego. I believe that I have a big ego. I believe that. I believe that you're asking a champion to believe that he's a stronger guy in the planet. No matter how calm is Sir Gan, he has an ego. You cannot be a fighter without ego. The problem is that how do you use your ego? That's the difference. If you can control your ego and so you can use the good part, which is I'm the best, no matter what happened, 
I want Sirigan to have an ego when we when we attend to the Toyota Center with sixteen thousand people booing you. If you don't have an ego, you will shit in your pan and go back. So yes, the ego is normal. It's natural. What I don't want you to do, what you don't want to do, is to have that kind of ego that will spoil your career because you start to fight with everyone around you, start to fight with your boss, start to fight with your colleague, start to uh, um, ask things that is not possible to do, start to just, because if you think Francis had the opportunity to have an easy fight on August 7th, I don't say that Derek is is weak because they did beat already Francis. But at this point, Francis had the opportunity to fight someone less complex for good money. Now that he did escape that fight because of ego that he want to to show the UFC, I'm the champ. And decide where the fight takes place. The UFC is not. No, you are the champ, but I'm the I'm the boss of my company. I decide when I want to make the fight. Then you start to spoil your career because now the choice that you have is even harder because Sirigan is a bit complex to be. Incredible. Is that you, Kairos? Yeah, that's everything. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Just before you go, Fernand, um, I'm obviously, uh, especially considering I'm in the UK, keeping a very close eye on where this matchup takes place. How realistic is it, sitting here today, that we could possibly see Silgan versus Francis Ngannou in France? I would say 50-50. All oh, right. Okay. I think I think the UFC want to make that in France. I think Cyril won in France. I think France is one. France. Uh, I think the only enemy standing between France and the show is the pandemic. Yeah. So I think Cyril. I mean, yeah. I think it's only the pandemic, the problem. If we solve the pen, if the pandemic move, then we have the, then we can, we can assure that we'll be in Paris. And otherwise, you have to wait for that fight for 2022, which is, which is be far away from Francis. Because if you think the last time Francis fought, if you wait February, that will be nine months. You need to make money. Yes. So it's not easy to solve. But um, I think that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about 50-50. I don't know yet what's going to be. We are, we, we are listening. We are ready. And no matter the... I mean, if Cyril uh, Ghani sees the same anywhere, anytime, anyone, I mean, you just tell him the location, he will show up. Wherever you want, it will show up. And that's the way it should be. Fernand, 
I did say that was the last question, but I've got one more for you just before you go. Our show, basically, um, myself, Chisanga, G and Kairos own this show, Shots Fired. And basically each week we have a hot topic. Now my hot topic this week is the UFC legends, Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz, breaking news are gonna meet in Triller, a uh, boxing match on September the 11th. Now, my question is this, why is it that MMA or mixed martial artists are so keen to jump in the boxing ring, so keen to jump in with boxers, particularly YouTubers? I mean, what is it that's enticing them over there? What's your perspective on it? Listen, it's about supply and demand. I mean, if, if you don't ask, if you don't pay Triller, they will not be fired. <laughs> so, people that, that try to complain, but you are the one paying your pay-per-view. I'm the one paying. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I don't, really, I don't really get it. I mean, if if you if 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 that wasn't irrelevant, if that wasn't a good fight, how do they make that money? Where the money is coming from? So just you speaking with me about that means a lot because you are very talented journalist and you're, I mean, you're doing, you guys are doing great. And if you spend your time talking about teacher artists and uh, I mean, uh, I mean, how to say, um, Anderson Silva and, um, and um, who is that? Tito Ortiz. Yes. If, if we speak about them, on Twitter means that uh, the fight have to be. I mean, if if you, I don't even want to know. I will pay. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to lie to you. I will pay the pay per view. I swear to God, I, will pay. I, don't, I, I don't give a damn. I will pay. I mean, <laughs> so they got my money. What do you want me to say? I mean. We are, we are yet criticized, criticizing, but we pay, we pay, we don't, we, we want to show. So if, uh, if, uh, if, if we think that they are too old, let's don't pay. If we don't pay, there's no fight. If, yeah. if, we, if there's fight, it's because we pay. <laughs> I hear that. And on that note, <clears throat> we're going to let you go, but thank you so much, Bernard. I know you've given up a lot of your evening um, for us and um, I just want to wish you all the best. And we're looking forward, so looking forward to when uh, Steel Gun takes on Hansinganu, hopefully in France. Uh, uh, yeah, I hope and thank you very much to have you in your show. Uh, I'm very uh, sorry to have been late. That's not polite. And uh, uh, <laughs> I really appreciate spending time with you guys. Uh, that was uh, very funny. And um, I mean, anytime. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Uh, take care now. Oh, bye bye. All the best. Okay, so you heard from Fernand there in terms of um, our 45 minute or so canter through uh, obviously the hot topics. I'm glad he was able to flesh out what I was saying, what I was struggling to say about his relationship with Franz Singanu. But just on what I've just left there in terms of my subject, what are your views on this bit of breaking news about Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz. Do we really want to see that? Or is it, as Fernand just said, look, you guys are going to pay for it. Um, if you don't pay, then there's no show. 
I'm going to go with Kairos. I think any opportunity that I have to watch Tito Ortiz get his ass whooped or get embarrassed, I'm definitely going to take it. Uh, there's no scenario. Like, there are, there are about three people in my mind right now. I'm like, dang, I have to watch them lose. Like, that is the negative energy I need mm-hmm. in my life to keep me going. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Tito, BJ Penn, and I can't think of the other person right now. But those that's my Kool-Aid for drinking right now. So, yes, I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to enjoy every second of it. I'm going to enjoy this guy getting on the microphone, saying dumb shit to embarrass himself about 9-11 and try and unionize America <laughs> against Brazil, against Anderson. And Anderson's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to whoop your ass. And I'm, I cannot wait to see this guy lose again. Like, oh, thank you, Anderson. And isn't he boxing someone else, too? I thought what? he was supposed to box um, Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. That's why I no, thought he was boxing. Anderson. Anderson is fighting someone else too, though. Yeah, I thought it was Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, I thought it was Oscar De La Hoya. I, I okay, maybe I thought he was boxing one of the Paul. I, okay, maybe it's Oscar too. But the fact that he has two, maybe p- potentially three fights lined up back to back to back shows you what type of man Anderson is. It's like Tito, you ain't shit, bro. I already got the next fight lined up after you anyway. Like that's <laughs> what I love. I'm I'm happy for. Yes, I will. I'm actually gonna pay for that. I will pay for that. Wow, G. At first, I was dismayed when it was announced because I was just like, who the fuck wants to see this? Like, it's not going to be competitive. And then it's fucking Tito's loud ass mouth. But I do love Anderson Silva. And no matter who he's fighting, I feel like he just lights people up. And, and later in his career, it's so nice to see him win. And I want him to get paid. And this seems like a safe fight for him, too. Tito not going to do shit to him. So I'm not even like really concerned. I just hate giving Tito a platform because he spews so much misinformation and hate that like I just hate when we give him that mic and he's definitely going to get that mic to promote this fight and to also, you know, give a post fight speech. And I just really want this guy to go away. But I'm like Kairos. I will watch Anderson Silva one, get paid and two beat the shit out of this man because I want to see it. Yeah, I'm not paying for it, though. I'll tell you that much. You're ma- <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Shit, whatever. Call it whatever. I'm not paying for it. You're right. I'm not paying for it either. I just thought because we were saying we were paying for it, I was going to say we were paying for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, trailer can, trailer can sue me if they want, but no. <laughs> oh, man. That has been an incredible episode. I really enjoyed this. It being our birthday and everything. Happy birthday to everybody. You, Kairos and Chisanga, have been incredible co-hosts. And thank you so much for, um, well, creating this magic with me. Oh, thanks for the ride. Thanks for taking me along. And I hope we continue to do this for a while and we celebrate another year because I'm having a ball. 100%. Well, that wraps up Shots Fired. Um, All of our holsters are now securely back in place And we'll be back next week as we have a weekend off in terms of um, UFC action. But we do have Bellator 2-6. What are we we on now? G. Bellator Uh, Bellator 264 with uh, Gregard and John Salter. Exactly. And uh, we'll be back on Sunday with Shots Fire to discuss all the fallout from that. All right. Be safe. Later, y'all. Damn, forgot to do something. Let me see. Uh, oh, yeah. It ain't over, motherfuckers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Th- I appreciate the time, Gegard, especially during fight week. But 
I actually kind of have a an issue to pick with you because a few years ago we did a we did a face to face interview and you challenged me to a game of FIFA, but you never gave me your uh, PSN. Oh, I'm sorry. Which game? Uh, FIFA. Oh, FIFA. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I don't play that that much often, Noir. So. I think you will beat me, but uh, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> Fair enough. Just send me, just send me your uh, account. Uh name i will i will join <laughs> all right fair enough I, to be fair i, I haven't played fair. for a long time myself so i'll be pretty rusty anyway oh uh, the excuses are, are already coming huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right okay guys so we're we're a few days away from uh your your middleweight title defense against john salter but i kind of want to go back to 2020 because 2020 was a year in which you only fought once obviously due to the the pandemic but I wanted to get an understanding, Rob, from your perspective. How was 2020 as a whole? Obviously, the whole world went crazy with the uh, the pandemic. But how was it for you and your family? Well, at first, you know, uh, they scared the people so much that everyone is uh, locked down. Uh, mm-hmm. The first uh, uh, lockdown was very strict, and everyone took it also very serious. Um, uh, I was happy that I fought even once because, you know, even on fight week, if you test positive or anything, it would have got cancer. So mm-hmm. it was a turbulence year, but I think for a lot of people. So it's just not for me, not only for me, but a lot of people. And um, But now uh, in 2021, I just want to keep busy, you know, but still, uh, this is the first fight after that fight. So it's a little bit uh, frustrating, but uh, I hope to fight soon after this one. Okay, and you, um, well, obviously, a, a lot of people, because of the pandemic, or everybody, had time to uh, to, to rest and, and reflect. Were, were there any benefits of that kind for yourself, I mean, in terms of injury and benefit of spending time with your family as well? No, it just took time off my career. Uh, you know, almost, I didn't fight for, if I, uh, eight months before, the, mm-hmm. and then eight months this time, almost ten. So it took uh, almost almost one and a half year from my career where I could have maybe fought two, three times. Uh, this pandemic didn't teach me anything, <laughs> like a lot of people say. Uh, it just brought a lot of uh, bad stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And you talk about wanting to to be active. Like, I, I remember d- during, like, 2016, 2017, you were fighting three, four times a year. How active do you want to be? Well, obviously... It, we're, we're in August now. Like, how active do you want to be for the remainder of the year? Well, I hope to get another fight uh, by end of the year, but I, I don't think they're gonna provide me with a fight like that. You know, uh, that's a problem in Bellator with all the fighters. They just don't get enough fights. Mm-hmm. I have my uh, friends uh, Costello and Gokan. They're also fighting once a year. That's a real problem here. You know, um, I hope to address it and hopefully we, get, we come to a solution i understand it's covid also so that that doesn't help but you know i think uh fighters should be keep busy you know uh, i'm doing okay with uh, money wise you know but my friends they have a family and they have uh, kids they need to fight to make an earning you know so i think that's the thing that's um room to improve mm-hmm. and you you, oh, you you were saying just there that yeah you you, you want to keep busy but and under there are lack of fights being offered. So would you be willing to to bounce in between middleweight and light heavyweight just to keep busy, just to keep ticking over? Well, it's, it's not my division, to mm-hmm. be honest. You know, uh, I have to take time off, and then uh, to gain weight, uh, I have to give a lot of uh, disadvantage uh, uh, advantage to my opponents uh, who are uh, bigger, 
a lot bigger. Uh, so it's it wouldn't be uh, smart to be honest. But uh, you know, I want to keep busy. I'm a middleweight. Unfortunately, uh, there's not a lot of big names now in middleweight for me to fight. You know, I fought two times the welterweight champions uh, because there's lack of middleweights. That's a problem. But actually, that's not my problem to be honest. You know, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's there's a challenge in light heavyweight uh, to be to fight the light heavyweight champion. That's that's definitely a fight that's gonna happen. And you you said that obviously uh, if you were to go back up to two hundred five, it was a process of of adding a bit of size and um, competing against bigger guys. Is that initially why you opted against uh, going into the uh, light heavyweight tournament, like time wise? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I, I get a four months notice. You want to fight? Uh, you have to. Uh, we want you in the light heavyweight tournament. Well, even if I wanted, there were. I had a lot of personal issues uh, back then. I, I would have have pulled out of the fight, and uh, there was also I got injured, so I would have never even made the light heavyweight tournament. If I even if I wanted it, but uh, I didn't wanted it because there was no time to gain weight. There was no time to. Uh, there, there was no time of like, okay, who am I fighting? There was like, uh, it's a lottery pick, mm -hmm. so it's not. It, it wouldn't been. Um, it wouldn't been in my favor, you know. And I'm a fighter. I'm not. Uh, I want to win my fights. I don't want to go and uh, say, well, okay, just a fight. I got. I lost, you know, or uh, I got injured by fighting a bigger guy, you know. I, I, I always want to win. So why would I? A lot of fighters don't didn't go up. I can man, name a lot of great fighters that didn't go up because they didn't want to give the just they didn't want to give the advantage to the opponents and maybe lose their uh, what they built you know throughout all these years no that that makes sense that makes sense and one thing that i'm i'm, I'm wanting to uh to, to understand at this moment in time is i'm trying to figure out what are your goals at this moment in time because as you say there, there aren't that many names in the middleweight division and a lot of people forget that you're a world champion of four promotions at the two in the two weight classes and, and you're regarded by many as one of the best middleweights to ever do it what is motivating you at this moment in time and what is left for Gegard Mousasi to achieve well you know there's there's there have been fights that I lost and I felt like okay I could have won I could have done better you know I feel like uh I'm still in my prime I, I haven't lost uh, only I fought I haven't lost one I just lost one fight in many fights so uh, I feel like I'm in my prime uh, still, and uh, there's a lot more I can uh, show what I'm really capable of. So just to just to um, end my career by not uh, by being satisfied, you know, I don't want to go in there and say, well, I could have done a lot more and showed a lot more what I'm capable. And the lightweight belt, you know, I think that's well, something that's gonna really. Uh, um, make a big difference in how people are going to look back at uh, what I've done in my career. Mm -hmm. And one thing I, w I wanted to uh, to ask you as well is because I, I remember it might it might have been may maybe a year or two years ago that you said you were contemplating retirement, but I'm sure that's no longer the case as you because as you were saying bef there beforehand, it seems as if you are you are in your prime and you're, like you're just champing at the bit just to keep on going and to further solidify your legacy. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think that uh, talking about retirement was, uh, you know, it's negative. You know, when, when you think uh, with one foot out, uh, you're not gonna be doing well. You know, in this fight game, you have to be hundred percent in it. Otherwise, you're gonna get injured. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things, and uh, so I'm that's not on my radar at this moment at all. You know, and um, yeah, that's. 
No, fair enough. That that's fair enough. It's, it's good to hear because we enjoy seeing you fight. But one thing I wanted to uh, to ask you as well is, uh, well, I, I know you put retirement to the back of your mind, but would you like to fight in Japan at least one more time before it's all said and done? Because I know you have a strong affinity to Japan, obviously from fighting there in Pride, and then you fought there uh, once in the UFC as well. Yeah, I would have loved to fight there. I fought one time in UFC there, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately that was not a good result for me. Yeah. But I revenge that one. Uh, definitely, Bellator, if Bellator goes there, 100%. But then one of the things that I didn't get to do once when I'm, uh, you know, I didn't fight also in Holland. Mm-hmm. And there were talks of Bellator coming to Holland and then this pandemic uh, came and then... Uh, so, I don't know if those things going to happen anytime soon, you know? Okay, fair enough. And one thing I wanted to ask you as well, and I'm not sure if, you, uh, if you're aware of this, but in April... Uh, well, April just gone. It was the 18-year 18, 18 anniversary of your debut against uh, Danny Speck. I mean, how would you assess the journey so far, like your mixed martial arts journey? You're multiple champion in two weight classes and uh, four four different promotions. I mean, how would you assess your career as a whole? Well, you know, uh, what I'm most proud of, I feel, um, my uh, longevity. Uh, I've been fighting from age of 20 or 21 in pride and always been in the top 10. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, great fighters that uh, they look unbeatable and then suddenly they would lose all the time. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think me still even coming from losses, of bouncing back and then still winning all my fights, uh, always been uh, um, performing. You know, I, of course, I had the lesser days, but I didn't perform, but I should have, could have uh, done but uh, always came back and always stayed there, you know. And I feel still now, I'm, you know, I'm 36. I feel like I can go another three, four years. I won't go three, four, but uh, I still feel like I can, I can dominate and uh, perform very well, you know. So that's why I say, mm, that's what I look at back and say, well, that's the most I'm proud of, that I was be able to fight always on the top for a long time. And obviously, you're fighting John, John Salter on Friday. What have you made of his last few performances? Because obviously, he's on a three-fight win streak, and I think, if memory serves me rightly, he's won his last two via submission. Well, you know, he's gonna. There's no secret to what he's gonna do. He's gonna wrestle, uh, look for the submissions, uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's confident because he feels like that's the style to beat me. But I think the way I want to go in the cage is just to really fight him, whatever where the fight goes, not to give him too much respect on the ground. I'm just going to work right away, not stay there. Uh, I will be fine, you know. Uh, he's a tough opponent, but there's a, a lot of holes in his game. You know, he's not the fastest. He doesn't have a great stand-up. I, I don't have to fear his ground and pound. Um, I feel like physically he's very strong or maybe it controls well but uh, that's not going to get him to win alright Gegard thank you very much for your time during fight week I really do appreciate it take care thank and good sir. luck